Hey there, perfect peeps. Have you ever wanted to come on to a podcast and talk about what you've been working on? Or do you have a product to show off? We would love to have you on perfect.dev. Please reach out. You can find us on codingcat.dev or just reach out to me personally, alex at codingcat.dev. Come say hello. Don't be afraid. We'd love to have you on. Thanks so much. Welcome back, perfect peeps, to perfect.dev. Today with me on the show, I have Dan Ribbons, who is uh, creating a new CMS called Payload CMS. Hello, Dan. Hi, Alex. Thanks for having me. Yeah, thanks for coming on. I really appreciate it. A um, little bit of background, the, the way that I kind of know you, I believe. Uh, we both worked at OST at some point, just never uh, uh, crossed roads, right? Yeah. Cross paths, I should say. Right. Yeah, there's a lot of different teams and you hear names and then you may or may not work with different people there and it's always fun, but you know, it's a good group. So, yeah. So not not that long ago, you kind of left that and started uh, working on Payload CMS full time. Is that correct? Um, yeah, I bounced between freelancing and doing Payload full time. Um, okay. You know, while it's not paying bills, I need to be doing client work, yeah. um, which also gives me valuable perspective and experience and all that. But you know, if I had my choice, I'd do a lot more on payload and focus on that. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, it's a it's definitely a neat product. Um, so is is payload kind of would you put it under that uh, headless CMS um, as as the brands go? Yeah, yeah. If you're gonna categorize it, it definitely falls under that for sure. Okay, um, cool. You know, so so ahead. the. The, sorry, the, the difference on this one, um, uh, it seems as though, and I've just played around with, with it for a little bit and read read some of the docs and kind of started going through it. Um, on like maybe like a Sanity IO or something like that, it's not a, a software as, as a service. Um, it's it's actually kind of an application development stack that you could serve yourself. Is that correct? Yeah, I love that you point that out. Um with something like Contentful or Sanity, yeah, you're hitting their API, but we fully expect you to self-host your app how you're used to hosting any other Node app. Um, so it gives you a lot of freedom and options. Uh, that's how I recommend it, yeah. Yeah, cool. Um, so unlike like a, a WordPress that has kind of that front-end um, tie-in um, to both your your visual out to the end customer or that true front end. Um, they also bake in like an admin side to WordPress. If, if I were to compare it to like that WordPress example, payload is, is more so on that back end side of it. So it's, it's got the content pieces um, as you stand it up, but it also has like an admin UI out of kind of pre-canned out of the box. Yeah, exactly. Um, once you configure your collections and, how your data should be structured. We take that and, you know, we use Webpack and it bundles and builds your admin experience based on what you've given us or what you've given payload rather. Um, but it all happens on your local host or your server. Yeah. So I think just from digging through it a little bit, um, it looks like it it pretty much wants to use uh, uh, MongoDB. Is that is that correct? Or is there like a way to extend that past Mongo? Um, I mean, we would accept a pull request that extends it beyond Mongo, but at this point, uh, that was a choice to support that and only that. And, uh, but we definitely will be, we already are thinking, how are we going to build this beyond Mongo? Um, I love SQL, you know, I'll use it for other projects and, and, uh, you know, content does adhere well to document 
data stores. So I don't think we're in a weak point because we only do Mongo. I think it's a good mm -hmm. choice, but certainly there is customer demand. People have already asked, you know, when is that coming? Uh, we're working on a uh, roadmap and a lot of things are in the air, but you know, you might see that come up real soon. Awesome. So you mentioned a, a pull request in that regard. So uh, is payload uh, open source? It is, but it's not copy left. Um, you know, we do require a license. Um, we, we have a couple tiers. We just released a free tier for personal use. So you're doing your own, you know, website for your, your own blog, you know, go ahead, use payload. It's free. Um, we do charge a license if you're going to add more users to the admin panel. Um, but we try to make it super easy. Um, we do want this to be a paid product. Uh, we're putting it in our, um, we're, we're trying to give it like a very enterprise feel. Um, and we expect somebody would pay for that quality. Um, but we made it simple in that our user licensing right now is not pay per user. It's not paying for more API quota or anything like that. It's just, do you want less than five or more than five admin users? And that's kind of our pricing tier at this point, um, which we'll stick with for, for the foreseeable future. Cool. Yeah, that, that makes sense. I feel like without letting uh, individual developers and stuff like that into that free tier, it becomes really hard for anyone to like uh, evangelize or like promote uh, Payload CMS without getting their hands into it. Um, that seems like everyone kind of goes down that road eventually and you have to figure out your, your licensing strategy. Yeah. And, and beyond that, like we want to support the little guys, right? Like we're, we're feisty startup, we're bootstrapping, uh, you know, it would be wrong for us not to give something back. And uh, I think that goes to like our core beliefs and how we want our licensing to work. It's all very uh, streamlined. Makes sense. Yeah. So what I want to do is um, I, I love your documentation. I feel like any CMS or just any, uh, tool or application that's going to be successful in the future. If it doesn't have great docs and a, a kind of a great place to go back to and learn from, it's going to fail. And I think you guys are doing a rock star job on that. So I want to pop that open. And, and sorry, if, if you're listening to this on audio, this might get a little more uh, video intensive than some of our pod, other podcasts, but I just have to show off the product a little more. Yeah, appreciate it. So, so this is the uh, payloadcms.com. Um, so this is the actual web page, and it, it kind of walks through all the different parts of it. And we we touched on some of this, right? So, um, kind of that admin or backend piece to it. Um, one of my questions was going to be: Is it is it built in React? And you talked about Webpack. So is that is that the go to for your UI for the backend? Yeah, um, you don't have to be a React expert to use it, but our admin UI is going to be built that way. You can overwrite components in your own React code. Um, so that's a good fit, yeah. Sweet. Yeah, so I I kind of took um, just the basic, and, and this is why I want to show off your docs. Um, so it's really, I mean, it's slick. It's it's fast. I assume maybe you're running uh, Payload CMS to actually use this site? Yeah. Um, a little dog are, This is served through a Netlify host on... Um, we're using uh, Next.js. So this is okay. all pre-built and it's, this is all React for our docs. In our Very website. cool. I might, I might have to pick your brain. We're, we're about to release uh, Next.js um, on Vercel and I, I'd love to compare what it looks like on, on Netlify. So, 
Um, so yeah, I guess back to what I was saying, I, I quickly, like before we even jumped on the podcast, it, it probably took me 20 minutes just because uh, I'm not familiar with Mongo or anything like that. Um, and what I ended up doing when I, when I walked through this, it's got great documentation. Um, I love that you guys put kind of the concepts behind it first. Um, like what a collection is and, and kind of the different ways to hook in and things like that. Um, do you want to talk just a minute about, you know, why you chose to go down this road and, and set like collections the way they are and how the code is kind of designed for that? Yeah. I mean, the underlying data structure being MongoDB, it makes sense that we called them collections, but the concept is really just that it's kind of an amorphous thing that you can set up whatever fields you need, do a lot of nesting of your content. You know, if you wanted to, um, one powerful way to use this is you have a block that's specific for maybe a CTA. And so your authoring experience says, I want to add a new block that is a CTA. And you know that that React component on your front end is going to be, you know, a one-to-one -one match with the content going into your database. So those collections are just set up so that you can plow anything you need into them. And we also handle things like localization. Um, you know, we're trying to do a lot of things with those collections. Uh, our access control, it all works through that. Yeah, very cool. Um, so I'm going to jump over uh, to the, the installation just real quick. And basically, the only command I had to run was uh, npx create payload app. And it walked me through that config, and I, I got an application out the other side, which was pretty sweet. The only reason I bring that up is I wanted to show off the code real quick when we're talking about categories, or collections, rather. Um, and when we're looking at these collections, let me make that a little bigger so people can see this a little easier. Um, oops, wrong screen. So when I'm looking at this, this collection over here, um, it seems as though you kind of have pre-baked uh, categories, posts, tags, and users, but in reality, you could probably extend this to any collection type you want, correct? Yeah, um, we've got some production instances of this being used for uh, event management kind of uh, software. We've got uh, definitely e-commerce going on with this. Um, one of our partners, his agency built a, a game off of this. Oh, really? Yeah. So it, like I said, you pick what you want. Uh, these collections that people are reading off the screen are based on the blog. I imagine you pick the pre-built blog option from yeah. the uh, create payload app. Yep. That just sets you up with, you know, a, a pretty bare bones option for what your collections could look like to be a blog, but extend it as much as you can and as much as you want for sure. Yeah. I really love like this, this concept and this aspect to it. Um, I know, that you're kind of building and this might be a good time to, to bring up the, the back end as well. So um, after I got it all built, uh, not all built, but just stood it up and I actually went to, went to uh, MongoDB and just stood up a Mongo database because I usually don't run Mongo on my local uh, Mac. So grab the connection string and plop that in. Um, and so payload, you can just configure uh, that is the wrong configuration. Let's see here. Uh, Looking for server TS maybe to see the where I'm the connection string gets put in. Uh, so it was yeah oh. part part of this uh, kind of that Mongo database URI and and where it calls out to and sets that up. Um, but yeah, you're you're kind of mentioning 
I, I did get a little messed up because I was running a, another Node.js app and it wanted to spin this up on 3000. And so I was like, oh, I'll just flip this over to 3100, which was, which was really easy right here. What I didn't realize until great documentation. So once again, thank you for that. Um, I didn't realize because of that, the server actually um, was on a, a separate port. So once I figured that out and, and jumped in there, I was like, okay, cool. Um, so once all of that kind of came together, uh, I immediately was able to log in um, with just a, a pre-built user and that user shows up in the user's collection like magic, which is yep. awesome. Um, and so now I have basically this this entire instance and um, any of those collection items are just kind of here and you can create new ones. So here's a new post um, and things like that. So it, it seems like um, when I when I compare this to like a sanity IO, they actually take this a step further in a way and um, allow their I don't know if that's admin app. I can't remember. I think they call it console or something like that, um, where you can start to use React and actually extend this admin portal out. Do you see that happening in the future, or is this kind of working for you guys to to just keep creating those content types? Well, we have our own field types for sure, and any mm -hmm. of those that we have, you can overwrite the component that the admin UI uses to render it when you go into your admin panel, actually. So... Um, you can replace quite. You can replace pretty much everything um, with your own custom React app, uh, your own React components. Okay. I haven't yet tried doing maybe like an Angular single. Uh, you know, I forget what Angular calls that, but I know you can like kind of bundle uh, individual component with that. I haven't tried that. You know, I'd, I'd love it if maybe we do that someday, but uh, it might work out of the box. I just haven't had a chance. Yeah. That'd be kind of cool to check out like Angular Elements or or something like that. Um, so That's you have like elements. Yeah, just have like its own like little web component coming out of there. That'd be cool. Yeah, but um, you know, React is a good choice. So I, I don't think too many people bat an eye at that if they want to write their own. So so is this actually spinning up? Is it a Node.js application or is this just uh, like a like what is this that Webpack is actually running from? Because in my in my it's, small mind uh when i when i take a look at this all i see is kind of some configuration and then you get this like magic out the other side um where does yeah. the webpack pieces come into play yeah the webpack is going to bundle and handle watching your files so that you get that nice developer experience um but then we are also running on the node side we've got express which is serving uh you know static assets that you upload we have we support file uploads um and then uh, it handles hosting, you know, re returning that slash admin route or whatever you want to make it to get the admin UI. And then it also wires up your GraphQL endpoint and um, we fully generate RESTful endpoints as well. Cool. Is, is there a way that I could hit this backend and like see a, a GraphQL endpoint or anything like that? Yeah, it gets, um, I, the default, it should set you up with a GraphQL Explorer out of the okay. box. So if you're running right now, you should be able to go to your browser, yeah, and yeah, uh, leave it's you know localhost three thousand or thirty one hundred in your case you had mentioned, yep. and then you need uh, I think it's slash API slash GraphQL Explorer. It might 
I think I is have there, that. Is there maybe just a slash API? I bet you it's in the docs. Yeah, I know it's in the docs. All right, well, let's take a look. Let's see here. Uh, API GraphQL. Oh, GraphQL dash playground. Sorry, is it API first? Yeah, slash API stays. It's always hard to type when people are looking at you. <laughs> is, is there any hyphens or anything, or is that? The... Yeah, GraphQL dash playground. Okay, let me try that. There Sweet. we are. Very cool. If you expand out the schema on the right, you can see, um, you know, this is all generated based on that those collections that came. And if you yeah, change it, obviously this will be updated. That's really cool. Um, that's that's part of the piece that I love about GraphQL. Um, same reason I love TypeScript, which was nice to be able to to say, hey, uh, I want to use the the TypeScript version. I think I noticed you guys are using like TS Node just out of the box, so you can run uh, those files without having to like compile or anything, which is amazing. Yeah, it's really nice. And then for all the people using JavaScript, I think you still get type ahead and all that because of our TypeScript uh, types. Yeah. So with with all of those different pieces, um, when I when I start to like compare this to other other platforms that are out there, um, I start to think about like Contentful and Insanity and, and oh gosh, I could go down the list, right? Yeah. Um, is is your idea to always kind of keep it this way, or do you foresee in the future um, expanding this to more of a, a software as a service type of solution um, that you guys are kind of allowing other people to come in and you spin up their own instances for them? Um, we're looking to just make people's app development experience better. I mean, that's what we all come from. Okay. We're, we're three founders and we're all devs. And, you know, we, we see the churn that you have to do. A lot of times you're starting up a new app and it's you're writing all these API endpoints and all that. And it is just cumbersome. So that's our motivation. As mm -hmm. far as our roadmap goes, um, you know, we just want to make the product really good, and I think it'll monetize itself. Uh, I think our licensing strategies, you know, it's basic, and I think it will will do well without being too complex. Um, but our roadmap, as far as like building in a hosting service, um, I think that could come, but it's not our focus right now. We just want to make the product better. Cool. Yeah. And so, if if I were to take this from here um, and say like, yeah, I want to. So, so for Coding Cat, we're actually like building a similar thing out, but I'm using Firebase instead of a CMS. So like, but this would be a great solution in my mind to like stand up. So, where would I take it from here? Do I continue my local development and then I say, okay, I'm ready to like put this thing into uh, production? Can I just host it anywhere like Node.js uh, can be hosted since it's using Express? Yeah. Yeah, as long as you've got that MongoDB on the back end and you've got your um, Express service running, that's what it requires. Um, we're using DigitalOcean. Like Payload, our website runs on our whole API. When you do checkout, it's using Payload on the back end. And um, we're hosting that on DigitalOcean for our back end. And I mentioned uh, Netlify for static serving assets on the front end. Yeah, that's pretty slick. So you just have a tiny little droplet probably driving this thing, right? Yeah, at at this point, yeah, there's not much to it. 
which is beautiful. We might have to might have to try this out as a as a Firebase GDE. I always want to see what I can put on on Firebase. I'd love to uh, get together and and spin out kind of a payload CMS uh, Firebase version of this. See if we could host it. Yeah, I'd be interested in that as well. Very cool. We'll have to do a little tutorial on that one. <laughs> yeah. So I always ask this when I have um, different con or different content, different CMS uh, folks on the podcast. Um, do you find that this is more for developers at this point, or um, do you find that like marketers utilize uh, payload first? So like if your devs are like, yeah, I'll just stand it up. You guys get in and, and fill everything out and let me know how it goes, and then we'll start developing the front end from there. Hopefully that makes sense. Like, uh, is it is it kind of content driven or more development driven in your mind? As a developer, I'm going to say developer first. Yeah. Um, but you know, I could see like a power user type uh, marketer being totally comfortable, especially as they spend more time in it, just configuring those collection fields to match what they want to show on the front end. Um, I think you could come at it from a design standpoint or a developer standpoint, and you know, find success. Especially, you mentioned earlier our docs. Like, it was really important to us that those read at a, a very approachable level. Um, you don't need a computer science degree to set up a payload instance. You know, that's our goal. Yeah, I think you're achieving that because uh, I'm not a mad scientist. I'm a decent developer, I'd say, and just being able to stand that up and get through it was pretty sweet. Um, is you don't want to have to learn everybody's churning out these new tech stacks and everything's all flashy and new, but it, it, you know, your mental space can only hold so much. Right. So yeah, uh, I don't think you have to spend a lot of time in payload to get an expertise to where you're delivering high value. You're not learning payload as much as you're just doing some JavaScript. Yeah, for sure. I think uh, it's really nice staying within like a, a single kind of language and, and stack that you have here. Uh, you know, Mongo's been around for years, so it makes it super easy for, for that side of it. Um, having, you know, JavaScript devs that love TypeScript too, um, either either way in this product makes sense as well. And it's it's so clean and simple to read through. It's just like, wow, like here's these couple of config files. I've got it stood up and uh, we're off to the races essentially. Now I have my either GraphQL API or REST API. Um, I did notice uh, there's a local API as well. Is that is that just calling out something different? Uh, yeah, the, the intention of all that you saw in the documentation, it says local. What we're trying to achieve there is that um, if you're writing your own code on your server, uh, you can use our, um, our, um, I want to say request handlers, but that's not a total perfect fit. Uh, but essentially, if you're writing to a collection, you can use those ro local API callouts so that you still get the localization, you still get the access control and the validation and all these things that Payload's handling for you. You don't have to throw all that out because you want to write straight to MongoDB. I wouldn't recommend that. You know what I mean? Yeah. So it makes sense that you would need those local API endpoints or uh, not endpoints, just to run those commands locally. So uh, for, for the, for the next JS folks out there, um, that's probably a pretty good usage example when you're like server side rendering in next.js. Exactly. That's why it's okay. I mean, yeah. 
among other reasons, that's a, a reason we had to build it because we wanted to use it a certain way. We needed that thing. Yeah, that's really neat. I like that you've thought through that. It sounds like you guys uh, probably are are doing a lot um, for your freelance side of things using both Payload and probably Next.js spinning up apps for people. Yeah, that's not a mistake. Yeah. Very cool. Yeah, it's awesome that you had the wherewithal to like go to that next level and create the CMS that you can basically rinse and repeat over and over for clients. That's awesome. Yeah. Very cool. Um, so where do you see payload kind of fitting? We're, we're big proponents, uh, coding cat. We always talk about Jamstack. Where do you kind of see that fitting in the, the Jamstack kind of life cycle? Um, maybe, maybe a person says, I, I need a CMS. They go looking. Is it, um, is it right up there with, you know, any of those other ones that I mentioned, like contentfuls here, uh, payloads right next to it type of thing? Yeah. In my mind, it, it's at least at that level. And, you know, we're, we're shooting for the moon on features and letting new users use it and approach it more simply. Um, we do do some things that I don't think you can get because we are self-hosting. Um, that That in itself gives us more opportunity to do things that you can't do with contentful or with um uh you mentioned another one uh sanity io sanity, yeah. uh, you can ho- handle your own authentication the way you'd like to because you're just writing a node app uh that, that would be something very tricky to do i don't know if you could with one of those hosted systems yeah that was one of the things that i saw as a huge benefit actually there's there's two things i see with with payload that's super nice um one being the authentication side of it you know being able to customize that however you need to without paying like a crazy enterprise uh a license fee or whatever that might be which maybe there is some licensing you guys have that i'm not aware of um but the second and bigger thing in my mind is data control so like if, if you are standing up your own Mongo instance, wherever that might be, you wholly own that data. Like no one's going to shut you down. Even, even if your droplet goes down or like uh, all of DigitalOcean, like they cancel you, you could just take that and, and move it on out and put it somewhere else and host it, right? Yeah, exactly. When we, when we started building Payload, it was 2018 and things are a little more evolved from then but they're not all that different. And that's one thing we just can't, we couldn't find it as an existing platform. Uh, If you have a corporate client that needs total control of their data, there just Mm -hmm. wasn't an option. So we had to build payload. Yeah, I would assume that probably gets you around a lot of like, well, maybe not around GDPR and stuff like that. But um, when when a lot of like the European companies um, request access and things like that. Their data centers have to live within a specific region within um, Europe or or wherever their their headquarters might be. Um, so this this is perfect because you can take this full stack and kind of stand it up, and you're ready to rock and roll. Yeah, absolutely. Cool. Um, is there any other like clustering thoughts uh, like? Yeah, I have things going around in my head, just how you, you know, like if, if you end up at a, whatever, a Nike or a, let's say Washington Post or something that's, you know, global, do you take payload and like just rely on MongoDB being able to cluster across the globe and then have like a CDN for the front end? I maybe haven't thought that that far through it, but I'm just kind of wondering what the scale looks like. 
yeah, I mean, these are things we've thought about in development. We never, we're all, we're more or less all senior developers in our own jobs and things. Um, and so we've thought about these things because we don't want to paint anybody into a corner, yeah. including ourselves. And so, yeah, if you were going to scale this out, I would say uh, the MongoDB Atlas, which you showed up a minute ago, that would be a great option to scale just your persistence layer. And then um, if the node side of it, here's the thing. So how many admins do you really expect to be in the system? We, could, we do everything on a digital ocean droplet because if it's a company of three like us, all right, we've got three admins, that's not a big deal. Um, and, you know, we'll, we'll probably need to scale something, but it's not overly cumbersome. Like you said, you're going to have static assets that are going to be CDN driven. So you're, you're golden there. Um, yeah, so it just comes down to like how heavy are you hitting that API that's your, your RESTful or your, um, you know, anything that's going through your Node Express side of it. You can scale that out and at the same time scale your database architecture. And, you know, you shouldn't be, you shouldn't be hurting on a scaling side for sure. Yeah, that makes sense. Um, the, the other piece, and I'm just looking in the docs right now to try to find it. I'm struggling, but um, storage capability. So um, often we talk about like Cloudinary because I'm an MDA with Cloudinary. Um, is there kind of that concept within payload where you can do storage as well? Well, yeah, I mean, we our file uploads, those are going currently those by default are going to go straight to the same node express server it's going to save to the disk um there are there's definitely a plan for making that uh more approachable with like s3 or another file storage system that's on our roadmap okay. um, if you needed that today you could definitely write that and all you would have to do is um handle your upload hooks to go throw that media somewhere else right um, so, so you would actually just write inside of those hooks, and that's where the capability where you can expand payload a little further um, with your own custom code. You could dump it over to S3 or, or Google Storage or whatever you want to them. Yeah, exactly. That's do, pretty cool. We do some stuff for you for like image uploads. We have like a, a pretty simple but pretty powerful image resizer. So you'll get yeah. your, you know, your media uh, scaled to the dimensions that you specify in your configuration. It's helpful, um, you know, and then if you wanted to spit those over to another file store, a hook would be an excellent use case for that. Yeah, very cool. Um, from the only the only other piece I'm kind of like wondering about is the the ACL and workflow side to this is I'm sure like access control you guys have covered just just from looking at um, the different user capabilities. Is there a function in there as well for um, for workflow or for uh, like a, a gating system? So like I bring on a new author, they write the content, but I want my editor to pre-approve it. Is that something that's built in? Um, yeah, I mean, you would you would maybe do a little bit of tweaking to achieve that the way you would see fit. Um, you know, a common way might be roles, so you could throw some roles that you just tag your different users with different roles. And then we have those, um, we have that ACL built on the collection level as well as the field level. Um, oh, okay. so you could say um, maybe you're doing e-commerce and you don't want everybody to edit invoices, but you need to read those. That's fine. You've got different roles for that. 
Um, but you'd be writing a little bit of JavaScript to achieve that, at least today. Yeah. So if I wanted to prevent like a person from publishing, let's say moving from a, a post from a draft state to a published state, I could do that by role. Absolutely. Yeah. That's a great example. Awesome. No, I, I, I think you guys have a, a fantastic product here. It's got everything that someone would need for a CMS. It's cool. That's got Mongo, you know, you can put that wherever you want to. Um, you don't have to necessarily worry about the SQL side for a relational database. Um, sounds like you might have something in the works there uh, as well though. So it's, it's really neat. And uh, I think we're going to have to link back up and maybe do a little tutorial on how to host this thing on, on Firebase in the future. I would love that. Cool. Thank you. Well, unless you have anything else, Dan, I might jump over to our perfect picks. Uh, yeah, that's a good time for that. Let's do it. Um, I, I don't know if I have yours, but we'll bring them up uh, when you're ready. I will bring mine up right now. You want to go first or me? Um, do you, do you want to share your screen or no? Oh. Do you uh, have yeah, I could do that. I wasn't quite ready. Um, yeah, I'll do mine first. You get ready and uh, I'll do mine and then we can go into yours. Sounds so good. I have I have two picks this week. Perfect picks. Um, my first one is this Therabody Theragun. I think it's called Theragun. Let me see here. Uh, Theragun. Yeah, yeah, there it is. Theragun devices. So um, the reason this is my perfect pick, I finally started training again. Um, I'm doing a half marathon in a month and, uh, I'm finding as, as my old body can't take it as well anymore, uh, that I, I kind of need something more to, uh, deal with it. So my birthday's coming up and I've requested one of these Theraguns. So I'm hoping that that alleviates some pain. Um, they're pretty cool. They're instead of just like a massage device, it's a percussion device. So it has this total like way of getting into your uh, achy muscles a little further. And my second pick kind of in that same vein, I did pick uh, the Kentucky Derby festival marathon. Um, they call it a mini marathon, which is what I'm doing, which is essentially a half marathon. So um, that's my other pick. Again, if, if you haven't seen my note on Twitter, uh, I am going to bring some Coding Cat Dev t-shirts down. So if you want one, just reach out and uh, happy to deliver one to you. Cool. All right, Dan, do you want to share your screen? Yeah, I'm ready for that. All right, do it up. Um, it's a little little funky in StreamYard. There's a little plus share button. There we go. Yeah, um, so the first thing I want to mention is I've got a four-year-old and... <laughs> It's hard to find shows that you both like and connect with uh, when you're talking about media that's for children, right? So uh, I just want to mention Hilda because I think it's like really wholesome and it was very imaginative. And I like I enjoyed watching it and I would totally watch it again. Uh, and that's hard to find, right? So I yeah. want to mention that. And then... Would you say like age-wise, I, I have a soon-to-be 12-year-old, he'd be interested as well? I think so. I don't know. I don't have a 12 year old, but I, I thought it was great. <laughs> I really, hey, if you like it, he's going to like it. I think, yeah, I think it's, it's a safe, but give it a shot. I don't know. Tell me what you think for sure. Yeah. And then the other thing I was going to mention is, uh, I just, I really like indie hackers podcast. It's nothing new probably to some of the viewers of this show, but, um, you know, I, I think they're doing a great job. I, I do draw a lot of wisdom from 
some of the other hackers on here and uh, seeing what what people come up with as far as uh, you know new business ideas and things. So uh, I like the podcast and I like the network that they've built over there. Yeah, I haven't uh, haven't listened to the pod in a while, but I used to listen to it religiously. So it's it's pretty incredible. You can get a lot of good tidbits out of it. Yeah. Any last thoughts, Dan, before I let you go about, you know, maybe payload CMS, maybe anything else you got going on? Well, I mentioned this. Uh, my wife and I are expecting this month, so. Oh, congrats, uh, man. Got our second baby coming. That's awesome. Yeah, thanks. Uh, so that's why it's a little tricky to make a roadmap and stick to it. Right? <laughs> Yeah, I completely understand. Uh, even just uh, building out code in Cat, it's it's kind of one of those things where you set some some good timelines for yourself, and if you hit them, great. But you also have to uh, honor your family first. So, mm-hmm. so thanks to all the wives out there. <laughs> <laughs> well, thanks, Dan. I really appreciate you coming on the the pod. I hope to have you on again. Maybe we'll uh, see this thing running on a, a Firebase instance next time. Let's do it. Thank you so much, Alex. Really appreciate it. Yeah, you're welcome. Take care, Dan. Bye.